There's no handbook for your child's health, but we do have a podcast featuring world-class clinical and research physicians covering everything from your child's allergies to zinc levels. This is Kids HealthCast by Wild Cornell Medicine, and our topic today is how to be a mindful parent. My guest is Dr. Katherine Bleiberg. She's an associate professor of psychology in clinical psychiatry at Wild Cornell Medicine and associate attending psychologist at New York Presbyterian Wild Cornell Medical Center. Dr. Bleiberg, this is such an interesting topic, and as a parent, it is fascinating to me to hear about how we can be more mindful and connected to our children and to ourselves. Please start by telling us how to balance our expectations that parents may have of their child before that baby is born and that reality that hits you in the face once the baby's born. I think with parents, I think what's really important to be mindful of, not to overuse that word, is that it's normal to have fantasies and expectations of your child, conscious or unconscious or both, even before your child is born. So if you can identify those expectations, even if they're not met, it's important to know that it's okay to be disappointed and to sort of mourn the loss of the fantasy, you know, of that, of what you thought your child was going to be. So first and foremost, it's okay to be disappointed, if that makes sense. Um, It's a normal feeling. But in addition, you may find that your child is not what you expected or does things you didn't expect in positive ways. So perhaps you had hoped your child would be an incredible athlete, but then it turns out that they are amazing musicians or um, have interests that you have, share interests with you that you never appreciated your child might, might share. That's a great point. So the bottom line is that having expectations is normal. It's normal for some to be met. And it's also totally normal for them not to be met, but to allow yourself to be disappointed if they're not. It's not possible for your child to meet all of your expectations. Wow, what a great point and certainly true because we do have these visions in our head of what our children are going to be. And then, you know, they they develop their own personalities and their own desires and wants and it doesn't always jive up with ours. So that was great advice. What do you do once the baby's born if you feel like you're not bonding with your child the way you should be? We hear that sometimes from new mothers, and we've heard about postpartum depression. But then even as they get to be toddlers, and they're difficult, and you you don't want to hug them when they're misbehaving, what do we do about that? Well, first of all, I think bonding, I'm going to put that on a continuum, because if someone has severe postpartum depression or postpartum psychosis, their capacity for bonding can truly be compromised. One of the questions is, are you actually not bonding or are there times where you don't enjoy being with your child all the time? So this is very different. I often have patients who I will see who are very critical of themselves in their relationship with their children, but it turns out you know, they may not like watching Elmo but you know what? It's normal for an adult, you know, not to like watching Elmo. So you may not enjoy everything about parenting, but it doesn't mean you're not bonding. I recommend that that patients think about ways that they do connect with their child. So oftentimes you'll have a parent who's great about getting down on the floor and with rough and tumble play and playing with their child. Um, There might be a parent who just really enjoys reading and doing more quiet time activities. 
that's normal. You're not going to enjoy doing everything. So again, I'm going back to this concept of expectations. It's important to look at what your expectations are of yourself as a parent and readjust accordingly. So for example, you can't expect to enjoy every single moment with your child. It's more realistic to consider that you're going to enjoy some and you're actually going to dislike others. Another example that often comes up in my practice is patients often feel ashamed of feeling bored, especially in the beginning when they're just sort of feeding and changing diapers and feeding and changing diapers. There are parts that are boring. Until your child can talk, you can't have much conversation. So again, that's totally normal. People are going to have negative feelings about parenting and towards their children. In general, it's really hard to be angry and can feel very uncomfortable to be angry at someone you love, and particularly your baby or your toddler, who really is not going to give back in the way you know, other you know, peers or fellow adults are going to. So if you have a baby who's, or a toddler who vomits all the time, they're not going to say, thank you, mommy, for you know, cleaning up or my, my vomit. You get a bonus this year. It is hard to do the job of parenting without that kind of reward. Well, you're certainly right about the boredom part, and that can certainly be overset by the way highs, right? I mean, there's highs and there's lows with parenting. And Dr. Bleiberg, as kids try to push our buttons, how can we as parents maintain clarity, emotional balance? How do we respond instead of react when things do get heated with that little child who's vomiting all the time or the teenager who just loves us one minute and hates us the next? For our own emotional balance, what do you want us to know? Well, I think you, you just touched on one of the most important points about parenting is that you are going to have parents have, in a normal parenting experience, a wide variety of feelings from extremely positive to extremely negative. That's the normal experience of parenting. So the first is to manage your expectation that you're going to sometimes have uncomfortable feelings, negative feelings, and you may also have positive you know, feelings. So that's the first thing, to expect that you're going to have this wide variety of feelings and that those negative feelings are not going to hurt you and will likely not uh, persist. In general, I recommend that people consider how they manage conflict you know, with their peers, with other adults. So in you know, good conflict resolution, you're going to consider the other person's point of view that may be different from your own. With children, it's helpful to consider what their point of view might be that's going to be different from yours. And in addition, children don't have the same capacity for language to articulate you know, what, what they're feeling. Or sometimes they're just quite blunt. I'm mad. I want that. Uh, so it's important to acknowledge their point of view that might be different from ours. That can really help you as a parent calm down because you're trying to connect with your child Emotionally, it's also okay if you find yourself getting overheated for you to take a time out. So if you take responsibility for your feeling like you're not going to react well or in a way that's not going to be productive, it's okay to say, you know, I need to take a break or mommy needs to take a break. I don't want to say something I don't mean. Give me a couple of minutes. That actually is also great modeling for both a teenager and a child. And it's okay to take a few seconds to calm down before you say something you'll regret 
Does that make sense? It does. And that is absolutely great advice. I'm going to try that tonight. Maybe it'll even work with my husband. So excellent advice. Now, doctor, as you're giving us these strategies to help us navigate those feelings throughout parenthood, how can we stop and really listen to our children when there's so much noise, there's electronics, and there's busy things and after school activities and cooking meals and lunches and homework, and there's all of these things. And as you are in psychology, tell us as parents, how can we cut through some of that noise, put it aside so that we can be in the moment and be mindful, as it were. When children are very little, say babies, toddlers, their sense of time is very much in the moment. They don't really have a sense of tomorrow or next week or even tonight in the way we do as we get older. So I do think parents will appreciate that about their babies, and it helps them slow down to be more in the moment. And I guess I recommend that people carry that through. So to appreciate the, just even the ability to be in the moment, what that feels like, given all of the electronics and social media and uh, phones, et cetera, et cetera, I recommend that parents take even 10, 15 minutes to put all of that aside, all electronics out of the way, out of the room, to spend 10 minutes even looking at their children, their spouses in the eye so that they're connecting. And you can have sort of technology-free time to make sure you're having one-on-one conversation. This is a whole you know, subject that people are, are writing about and focusing about entirely because it's been so, uh, I would say, even destructive um, and it made things so much more complicated. But slowing down in the same way that you do when you do with your, with your babies, when, with your children, I recommend doing as your children get older. It does have to be more, make a more, you have to make a more concerted effort, you have to do it more deliberately as, as children get older. With teenagers, oftentimes they're not going to be available or they're going to not need you in a predictable way, in the way babies do. So babies are often on a feeding or a sleep schedule, whereas adolescents and teenagers you know, have a less predictable schedule. So one of the challenges as parents is to be available when your adolescent or teen is available, wants to speak to you. And if you can, put things aside to focus in those moments. Well, I think that that is one of the most important messages from today's episode is that we do have to put some of that noise aside. Wrap it up for us, Dr. Bleiberg, with your best advice and some tips that you can offer parents that can help us ensure that our relationship with our child is not necessarily a positive one, but is a workable one that is positive for all of us and that we can all work together as a family. Being a mindful parent really means being a thoughtful parent. Assuming that that being a parent is a job, a job for which you have no training, a job for which you have responsibilities that change continuously as your child changes. But the idea is to take a step back as you would in any job and say, am I, am I doing a good job? Is there anything I'm having trouble with? Is there anything I could do better or differently? So that's one thing. The other issue is, which I've said repeatedly throughout that I can't emphasize enough, is that it's important to make sure your expectations of your child, yourself, of parenting are realistic 
And when you ask yourself that, one of the questions is, if they're not realistic, how can your expectations be readjusted, that they are more realistic and you're not disappointed and things can go better? And finally, I can't emphasize enough that it's normal to experience a wide variety of feelings about parenting, about your children, and that's totally normal. If you do have negative feelings, it doesn't mean you're a bad parent. It doesn't mean you were not meant to be a parent. It's totally normal. Great advice. What a great segment. Something that all parents can use and think about every single day as we're raising our children. Thank you so much, Dr. Katherine Bleiberg, and to our listeners. This concludes today's episode of Kids HealthCast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Wild Cornell Medicine podcasts. For more health tips and updates on the latest medical advancements and breakthroughs, please follow us on your social channels. I'm Melanie Cole. Rehabilitation medicine helps patients recover from a wide range of diseases and disorders, including cancer and cancer treatments, painful side effects. If you'd like to learn more about cancer care and innovations in oncology, be sure to listen to CancerCast, Wow Cornell Medicine's podcast series featuring leading oncologists and patient perspectives. All information contained in this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes. The information is not intended nor suited to be a replacement or substitute for professional medical treatment or for professional medical advice relative to a specific medical question or condition. We urge you to always seek the advice of your physician or medical professional with respect to your medical condition or questions. While Cornell Medicine makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast, and any reliance on such information is done at your own risk. Participants may have consulting, equity, board membership, or other relationships with pharmaceutical, biotech, or device companies unrelated to their role in this podcast. No payments have been made by any company to endorse any treatments, devices, or procedures. And while Cornell Medicine does not endorse, approve, or recommend any product, service, or entity mentioned in this podcast, opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker and do not represent the perspectives of Wild Cornell Medicine as an institution.